go to college? What's the point? What will I get out of it? How will I pay for it? What should I major in? What does it really take to get into college? Is a college degree really worth it? Today, on Access College, a college conversation. Welcome to Access College on KPFK, a new talk show where we consider questions relevant to students and families considering higher education. Today we will explore a very important question about the college admissions process, that is, why college? I'm your host, Jenny Umhofer, and I've been thinking about these kinds of questions for years as a college admissions officer and as a college admissions consultant. Today we'll be speaking with a guest who's also given a lot of thought to this question, Professor Robert Winter, the holder of the Presidential Chair in Music and Interactive Arts at UCLA. And we'll take to the streets to get your views on the question of the day. Why college? Hi, my name is Jenny Umhofer, and this show is an outgrowth of my work in college admissions over the past 15 years. I'm the founder of College a college admissions consulting organization based in Pasadena, California. As a former college admissions officer for UCLA, Caltech, and Scripps College, my experience taught me that every college is unique in terms of what they are looking for in an applicant. Most colleges are really trying to find the best fit students for their communities, and most high school students just want to get into a good college, sometimes without knowing much about them. As more and more high school students are applying to more and more colleges, with newer, more efficient tools like the Common Application, we have watched admit rates plummet from 27% in 2005 at USC to 18% in 2012, at UC Berkeley from 27% in 2005 to 19% in 2012, at UCLA 28% in 2005 to 21% in 2012, and most surprising of all, is Pitzer College, the small liberal arts college in the Claremont Consortium, went from 39% in 2005 to 15% in 2012. During this dramatic decline in admit rates all over the country, I became a parent of two girls, Kennedy and Emerson, both geniuses. Suddenly I felt more compelled than ever to give my own daughters the best education possible. Why? Because I love them dearly. I quickly began to understand the anxiety, the stress, the fear of failure that all parents feel when they really want something basic, like a good education for their children, but don't know how to get it. In that moment, I realized just how vital it is for all parents and students to get basic information from low-income households through median income all the way up to Bel Air about what it really takes to get into college. So I wanted to create a public forum, hence this radio series, Access College, that asked important college questions, questions that some of us might be afraid to ask about the college admissions process, and hopefully get some answers. But first I want to ask an even more fundamental question, a question that most high school students and parents skip over these days. That question is, why college? Here's Professor of Linguistics, George Lakoff's thoughts on the matter. If you're interested in jobs, Jobs have everything to do with education, but education is not just about jobs. And that's another thing that's important. 
People think that education is just about making money. That's the way it's talked about these days. But it's a lot more than that. It is about that, but it's a lot more than that. It's about freedom. It's about knowing what the possibilities of life are. It's about knowing about your society, about the world, about music, about art, about literature. It's about all of those things. When you get an education, the world opens up to you. Possibilities are there that weren't there before. Freedom is there that wasn't there before. Education is about freedom, and it's not discussed that way, and it needs to be. The words of George Lakoff. Here's what some of the people on the streets of Pasadena said. I think college is important because it gives you really the direction and where you want to go in your life. Um, before college, like I, I was, um, I was not sure where I wanted to go. Where when you meet people with the same mentality, you get to know like where you want to go in your life. And when you have people around you who are as passionate as you, then it really, um, it really makes your makes you more motivated to achieve your goal and it opens your mind into different fields. For me, I had my dream job and it went by the wayside with the recession, so I had to go by go back to school and find a second career. So it's just valuable for you to have job growth um, for yourself and be able to be a viable citizen. You're a better citizen if you actually get a well-rounded education. So you don't um, you don't get that if you don't go to, to, to college. You know, multicultural, multi you know, world religions, um, philosophy. You don't get those at a tech school or if you don't go to school at all. In my opinion, uh, well, a lot of students aren't unsure in my opinion, about going where they want to pick as a major. A lot of kids right now sound like they're picking business, kid, business, and then all the engineers go, oh, business kids. And But, I mean, what you really have to think about is, as an undergrad, graduating is it's like a ticket. You just have a ticket saying, like, yeah, I survived four years of college, I graduated, I got a diploma, and I'm, I work hard enough to work at this job or whatever. Yeah. Just in my experience, it's difficult to get a, a you know, decent job after college or after high school even without, you know, or start a career without a college education. So, you know, yeah, I mean, career-wise, it's it's invaluable. Community college is a great starter. <laughs> it's like a starter house, uh-huh. especially if you aren't sure. Mm-hmm. The value, I think, is based on the individual, uh, and that uh, I think that a lot of times parents push somebody towards a monetary value instead of paying attention to who their child is and... Um, and doing what's best for the child. For me, um, community college is um, these days. It's, it's actually pretty good because um, a lot of the colleges um, they start their rates are really high, and it's like and community college helps you out because it's like um, classes aren't that expensive. You get you, it's just more chances of you to get the classes that you need to so you can be able to transfer. And I find it really useful, like going to Rio Hondo because it's it's helping me get my basics um, done. So when I get when I get down to it, I can take my majors and it'll be smooth run. So you can't really get a good job without a good college education. I think that anyone that doesn't go to school is at a great disadvantage. How so? Uh, they wind up working at a minimum wage job, which is eight bucks an hour, maybe ten bucks an hour, which I don't know how anyone could live in LA on that. Like I think it's important to choose somewhere where you could actually apply what you're learning 
and I'm in Eleanor Roosevelt College at UCSD. I hope to go overseas one day and work um, with development organizations, working with relief work and development work just to um, go inside a certain community and to better uh, transform that community into um, better sanitation, um, relief issues, um, prevention issues as far as health and STDs go, stuff like that. I just, I really like what they have to say about their film department and like, uh, I'm not a very math person so they study a lot on English and like incorporating your art with your academics and I think that's very valuable to me as like a visual learner. <laughs> Any particular colleges you're hoping to get into or? Um, UCLA. Yeah, UCLA. And Howard. Stanford. Up north. Stanford? I thought it was interesting to hear so many people advocating for a college education, especially in these tough economic times. There seemed to be a focus on the practical benefits more than anything. One young woman we spoke to had just submitted her Emerson College application at the Mac store on the day it was due because her internet was down. Now I'd like to bring our guest into the studio, who I hope will offer some insights into this essential question, why college? Hello, today we are in the studio with Professor Robert Winter, scholar, pianist, and composer, media author from UCLA. Robert Winter was a physics major at Brown, where he received his BA in music, also received advanced degrees at SUNY Buffalo and at University of Chicago. He is a distinguished professor of music and received the Distinguished Teaching Award in 2006 and the Faculty Research Lecturer in 2010, and is now the holder of the Presidential Chair in Music and Interactive Arts at UCLA. Thank you so much for coming to meet with me today. As someone with such tremendous academic accomplishments, I really wanted to talk to you because of your experience in multiple academic disciplines, both in the arts and the sciences. I believe you, Robert, are at the cutting edge of what it really means to be an interdisciplinary thinker at UCLA. And maybe you could shed some light on this very important fundamental question about college, why go to college? I would just only perhaps modify your cutting edge to bleeding edge sometimes. <laughs> but yes, well, of course, it's a question that I, when I look out at a sea of 545 faces in some of the big classes that I teach at UCLA, I ask myself all the time. And I ask the students openly, why are you all here? And some of them know and some of them, of course, don't. I think in the best possible idealistic scenario, one goes to college to learn about the world and therefore learn about oneself. We are, from a young age, obviously very, very subsumed in our own little worlds, our own little social networks, our own little mommy and me, you know, our, our school activities, our football team, and so forth. And that's our vision, and it should be. It's appropriate as we grow up. But when you get to college, you're suddenly in a sea at UCLA, for example, of, of 25,000 undergraduates, a lot of right. people in the dorms, people elbowing to get, you know, food in the dining halls and so forth. And you have to broaden yourself whether you want to or not. So the question is, you know, what do you do with your opportunity there? What do you do in the classroom? And I guess I would insert very quickly, there's a huge galactic difference between getting either a BA or a BS at a university and what you learn, what you become. And I'm always counseling students, you can absolutely come see me about the grade I gave you on your midterm, on your final, on your essay in the course. I'd love to see you. But within two minutes, that will turn to what are you doing with your life? Right. And why are you so worried about your grade? Because you actually are not your GPA. You are a person. And what are you going to contribute? Have you thought about that? And, of course, students are 
caught up in the issues of what courses do I have to take? You've done a ton of this kind of counseling. You do a lot of it now. Um, you know, what requirements should I have done? Should I have done AP? Should I have done this and that? And it's all too easy to lose sight of what the real goal is. Absolutely. Is to become a whole person. And that means in some way becoming part of a whole world. That is what a liberal arts education sure. stands for. Yes. When I work with students as a college admissions consultant, many of my students and parents are not really asking this fundamental question, why college? And it really actually makes it harder to create a pathway for these students. Many of my parents I work with are middle class and are concerned about the total cost of college, the market crisis, the real estate crisis, et cetera. We can go on. But how do you justify paying up to $200,000 for four years of college to them? There's a lot of questions embedded in that wonderful series of remarks you just made. The cost of college, first of all, I think universities have been, on the whole, and this is a kind of blanket large statement, but rather irresponsible about the way they've increased costs. And this applies both to private elitist universities as well as to land-grant state universities. The uh, university cost of education has increased at double the rate of inflation mm -hmm. over the last 20 years. So whereas, you know, let's say a McDonald's hamburger in 1985 cost $0.85 cents cost a buck today, well, right. that same, you know, education is double the mm -hmm. cost. And, of course, that gets passed on in one way or another, either to students attending college or to taxpayers who pick up the bad loans that students sure, can't repay sure. when they get out. Right. When I went to UCLA, it was I paid $395 a quarter. Right. <laughs> yes. And it's now... Um, 4800 I worked my way through UCLA sure. <laughs> as an undergrad. And it was possible then to work <laughs> yeah. your way through. Now you can have a full-time job almost and not be able to pay for your undergraduate education. You know, I think when parents... You have a wonderful, um, you know that you're doing right now because it gives parents a little bit of, of, of chance to actually have the discussion you just alluded to a moment ago because college isn't actually for everybody. There's this tremendous social expectation in America. If you're trying to be in the middle class or you know lifting yourself up out of poverty, what have you, the expectation is, of course, you will go to college. And it's one of these things that's so uh, axiomatic that people don't actually think about whether it right. is for everybody. And a college education today for almost any student who's motivated, has some sense of where they want to go, who's voraciously curious and so forth, it's still a great experience and a thing that they ought to do. Right. But there is a, a segment of the population, and these are not the losers of society. These are people who have a lot to contribute, but it just may not be in that way. I wish we had, for example, in this country, real apprenticeship programs mm. where students who weren't quite ready for mm -hmm. college could actually work and, you know, have some kind of living wage out of it, but, but assist in various kinds of professions. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about like a break in between or maybe never going to college, or but this is... Yeah, and I'm not just step. talking about going to vocational college, because I think right. those are often not, not the right. right answer either. Right. But having right. some sense to be mentored, to grow up, to learn what it is to take on responsibility. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the value of a college education in the science field versus the arts. Well, of course, parents panic when their daughter or son sends an email or calls on their cell phone and says, Mom, I think I'm going to major in music or in art <laughs> or in the digital arts, what have you, right. because they think they're going to starve, they're never going to have right. and so forth. I really say to parents, and I talk with a lot of parents, and I work closely with our wonderful undergraduate uh, counselor at UCLA, Al, Al Bradley, who's, who's a, an inspiration to me, and, and that is majoring is not the, your life path. You can major in music, become a, become a doctor. You can major in the sciences and, and you know, become a writer. 
So these things are not at the graduate level. Graduate yeah. school is professional, mm -hmm. and, and there you're pursuing certain kinds of very focused goals. Right. But at the undergraduate level, I think it's important to do something that you actually love. And I don't think it matters what the economic, you know, sort of pot of gold at the end of that rainbow appears to be. The truth is, the students who come out and make their way in the world are the ones who have taken every possible advantage of what a university can offer, mm -hmm. taken as broad an array of courses as they can, not just satisfied themselves with the breadth or general education courses that all universities require, but taken more courses in areas that, that they wanted to explore. You know, if you're a music person, take an economics course. You know, take a chemistry course. Take another chemistry course. You know, become a person who thinks broadly, because when that happens, it changes the way you think about the world and the people who live in the world. I mean, the right kind of college education is fundamentally a liberalizing experience. And I, by that, I mean not so much in the political sense, but you, you develop more not just understanding of the rest of the world, but then more empathy towards that part of the world and how it changes you. It isn't just that you're looking out in some kind of abstract way at a world that where, you know, 25% of people I don't, don't know where the next meal is coming from. But you, you think about where, where you fit in that, you know, right. how, how you're going to spend your life. It's funny because, you know, after working at UCLA for many years with you and recruiting highly talented artists, I then worked at in the admissions office at Caltech where I saw a whole different way of thinking about college from the Caltech applicant pool almost a kind of career student, um, if you will, would apply. High school students with 800s across the board, you know, I mean, that was just, don't even blink an eye. This is, you know, your, your typical student at Caltech. And, and some had already published their scientific research. These were kids that were really extraordinary kids, very accomplished individuals. Now I work with all kinds of different students and you know, some of those students, you know, maybe haven't had a chance to focus on even getting into college. I do take students from all different, like you said, walks of life, all sorts of different experiences. And I know there are students that are even considering dropping out of high school that may be listening. What would you say to, you know, going to on the community college route uh, as a viable way to start out? Well, the community college system in, in, in California, I'm sure you know, Jenny, is one of the the, the great achievements of California in the 50s and 60s. And it's suffering now like all the other parts of the university system. But the fact that you simply have to be 18 years old and a resident of California right. to enroll and you, you could have flunked out of high school sure. and get a fresh start, I think is tremendously important. Right. I've had some of my best students who got a GED eventually because they never actually finished high school and, you know, decided, gosh, you know, life has a lot to offer. Knowing stuff matters. Yeah. It's, it seems to be important. People right. are getting ahead that I'm looking at there. They seem to know stuff. So, you know, it, the junior college route is a very, very viable route. It's funny. I used to do transfer admissions at Scripps College. I didn't really do a lot of transfer admissions at UCLA, but I noticed that the transfer students did have a very unique perspective to bring to the undergraduate class that maybe a freshman out of high school didn't have. I had one student apply to Scripps who who had survived the Hurricane Katrina, and she was at a, a college in... She had to flee. She had to leave. You know, she had to evacuate. And she had family in the L.A. area. So, you know, I mean, and her experience when she came to her interview was incredibly profound. And the way she contributed in class, that quality, uh, life quality experience was valuable, was incredibly yes, I, valuable. You know, transfer students have often faced more challenges than the 
student who comes as a freshman. Economically, sure. often family-wise, often lots of tragedies that may have befallen huh. them. They have to grow up much faster right. than the right. junior that they meet and right. talk to. They often talk to them and say, these kids are such babies. Right. You know, they're so spoiled. <laughs> so I, I was curious about, you know, your own college experience. We, we've been talking about the, our children and lots of students that we've observed. Can you talk about your college experience? Well, sure. I mean, I happen to have attended an elite Ivy League school, Brown University, and it was a uniformly great experience. I had two years of the physical sciences. I was a physics major. I loved it. I also confused passion for the Richard Feynman lectures ah. as talent in <laughs> physics. <laughs> but I had an epiphonic experience at the end of my sophomore year and became a music major, and I pursued that field ever since. But um, the college experience was, was great for me. I was more on the shy type, the more withdrawn type, and I needed to be Who knew? Sort of, I needed to be pulled out by my <laughs> uh-huh. dorm mates wow. and so forth, and I would have per- perhaps been lost in the shuffle at a, at a big university like UCLA. Yeah, sure. And you really want to listen to your child. Mm-hmm. Parents often have a kind of expectation, a kind of vicarious, you know, they want them to go to where they went, or you know, they, they know people here, right. or they have good connections here, That's what true. have you. Really listen carefully to your child. Get to know your child because they they will have difficulty often stating what they really want if they think your expectations are so great, sure. which may also extend to not being sure whether they want to start a four-year university, university right out of high school. Right, right. And thinking back to your own experience, did you know that you wanted to go into physics? Or my father my father was an electrical engineer, and, you know, I, I loved the sciences, and I loved what he did. And I still do love I read Scientific American still, so <laughs> I still, the sciences are tremendously important. I have many good friends and colleagues at UCLA in the sciences. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, these two sides of the coin, you know, we often think of, you know, the hard sciences, that's medical school and genetic Mm -hmm. research, and that's the Mm -hmm. stuff that's really changing the world. That's where the money is. It's where the research is and so forth. But I often say, you know, the arts are not about how we live, but they're really about why we live. Sure. And in some deep sense, they're allied with the same kinds of questions that people interested in philosophy and religion ask of themselves. Mm -hmm. Because the arts, you know, we think of them as kind of, you know, mall-based entertainment and go to the movie theater and that kind of stuff. But as you know from being an actress yourself and having done one-person shows and so forth, they're really about burying your soul and trying to get people to think about why we're here, Right. which is a, a pretty big task. So did your parents support you going into the arts? And You know, they were wonderful. I remember coming home at the end of my sophomore year. They picked me up at the airport, and I'm saying, well, how, how's going, son? How are things? And I said, well, I'm changing from physics to music. And I was in the back seat. They were in the front seat. There was this uh-huh. pause. Uh-huh. And then my mother said, that's very nice. <laughs> and that was the end of it. Wonderful. Because they could see, they had seen signs that I had kind of kind of sat down at the piano and played a bit and mm-hmm. kind of liked it and played by ear really well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had three sisters who'd done music. I hated it. I was a three-letterman in high school. Oh. I was going to, you know, almost mm-hmm. play professional baseball out of college and so forth. So it was a very, um, you know, a surprising thing to think. But they'd seen some signs of it. And they really just cared that I was happy. Wonderful. That's, that's I think how- they were happy when I got a job also. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's as it should be. <clears throat> Not that you had to get a job, but that your parents were supportive of you. As you know, I'm a parent of a six-year-old and a four-year-old now, and this is a whole new world. What does the future hold for them? How do you think college will be different for the next generation? Well, it's going to be, we all know, more expensive, more crowded, mm-hmm. more competitive. And because of those factors, more difficult to really get the experience we talked about a few minutes ago right. of, of growing, of 
becoming more curious, mm -hmm. of becoming, you know, not accepting easy answers, asking tough questions of oneself and so forth. Those things are going to be harder to come by. And, of course, you know, America, we have to remember, America is a country where education started at Harvard and Yale and Princeton. It was the privileged. Right. It was a little bit better than the British system of only, you know, the sort of wealthy aristocrats going to their one-on-one -on -one little tutors. And it, the, the whole land-grant system, which sprang up across this country, is one of the great educational revolutions of all time. And it has brought education. You know, it's, we think of Michigan as a, you know, a football or a basketball power or Stanford or what have you. Mm -hmm. But the truth is um, these public institutions, and they're in almost every state in the country, yeah. and regardless of the cuts that they're undergoing and so forth, they still offer opportunities in ways that no other country in the world really competes with. That's the sort of wonderful side of American education, that it has become more democratic. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is that brought a lot of kids feeling pressure into the pool of college applicants and then students who right. really aren't clear about why they're there. And they're, they're lost. Right. They're like the little sheep who didn't get back to the, the corral. Mm -hmm. And universities, especially the large ones, as hard as they try. Mm -hmm. And as you well know, our counselors at UCLA, and I'm sure most other institutions, are tremendously committed mm -hmm. to helping students. But the student has to show up. The student has to Absolutely. come. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, you are an incredibly inspiring thinker, Robert. I am so grateful to have you today. So if you could live an ideal at UCLA, given all of your years there, what qualities, intellectual or otherwise, would every graduate have when they graduate? Well, of course, they would have this much bandied about term of critical thinking skills. This is one of the most elusive concepts to try to teach in any course. But it actually means not just listening to the piece, following the template laid out for the paper and handing it in, but asking questions, challenging the assumptions perhaps of the teacher, him or herself, and, you know, asking, you know, why am I in a department that has only two women? Right. Why am I in a department that has almost no, you know, under, underserved uh, population present on the faculty? Right. Um, you know, why are there so few African-Americans in my program and mm -hmm. so forth? Why are there so, so few African-Americans in my university? These are questions that in the 60s and 70s, we asked them in a very pressing way. Mm -hmm. We occupied buildings. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Robert. Uh, I am so grateful that you've been able to take time out of your busy schedule to be here with me today. If you'd like to receive more information about Robert Winter and his incredible work at UCLA, inspiring the masses, <laughs> go to uh, www.arts.ucla.edu. Thanks for having me, Jenny. It's been great seeing you again, and it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much, Robert. was Professor Winter playing Chopin, Nocturne, in E major. I believe the reason why young people should attend college is because the college experience is not just about getting jobs and figuring out what you want to be when you grow up. College is about finding out what is really going on in the world. It's about learning how to think critically, more carefully, through an idea or a problem. As you take college calculus, philosophy, classical literature, African-American studies courses, or digital media... You are being asked to think more deeply about many different ideas, and you must come up with some answers and maybe even end up with some more questions for yourself. As George Lakoff says, college is about freedom. 
The freedom to make choices, the freedom to think differently, or the freedom to voice your opinions, sometimes very loudly. If you think about it, throughout the history of the world, it is college students who stand up and make a difference. Think about what Aaron Swartz, the young man who very recently committed suicide in part because of government interrogation of MIT, accomplished in his young life to fight for access and equality with the Internet. College students were also at the forefront of the civil rights movement and the women's movement. During the Vietnam War, student anti-war protests spurred a huge social revolution in the nation. It is college students who time and time again fight for ideas that change the world and are willing to put themselves on the front lines against the forces of oppression. Think about Tiananmen Square protests or all the way up to Occupy Wall Street. Even if you're not an activist type, you still owe it to yourself to pursue a college education because it is those very moments when you are asked critical questions in college about all sorts of topics, and you must consider the many, many answers. Those are the moments when your mind is open just a little more. And when you find out that your 9-to-5 job may be eliminated because of budget constraints, and you have your 2.5 children at home and another one on the way, your college education may be the only thing you have to fall back on, not just in the job market, but in terms of the way you think about taking your next steps. So that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us on Access College on KPFK. I'm Jenny Amhoffer, and for more information about my work with students and families, please visit www.thecollege.org. That's www.thecollege.org. Have a great day.